Yes, this morning, it is 10-22-2021, or you should know that as October 22nd, 2021, today I'm just going to going to record my thoughts but the, the the title of the episode is a word that has come to me a lot lately and that word is value <laughs> value and the importance of it so um you are really going to go with me and i'm gonna just talk this is one of these this is this would be kind of like a thoughts with jam we're just gonna this is kind of a blurb like i don't expect this to be more than just a 30 minute like check-in episode but the the title of this episode to me will be value because really that is what i'm going to be talking about and what i'm going to be walking you through in the themes and so to start you off with it this will be one day when i write this book this will be the start of the book <laughs> year, the year is 2021 it's january it's a new year I was laid off from a job that I worked for for six years. I enjoyed the people I worked with. It wasn't, the job itself wasn't something that I held so near and dear that being laid off broke me. Um, But not being able to work closely with people that I trusted, like they were your right hand, your left hand, your right leg, your left leg. When you trust people like that, you value that. That's your first value. And so little did I know that in 2021, I would work for and quit three jobs (laughs) in one calendar year. And the thing about it is, I didn't know I would, in that situation, I would literally, literally I've worked half of the year. I've literally worked six months in this year. And then the other, uh, the other six months, unless I work by the end of the year, which I don't plan well. I will be working, but I won't be working in a full capacity. Um, so I've worked full time like six years, six months of this year. And um, I really, this is an episode for me to really, I guess, delve into that completely. But this is my shit. So I'm, I'm talking, I'm letting you know what's going on. But I've done, I've done pretty, pretty well. And I, you know, I've been able to to go up in money, not lose money. I put a very strong budget on myself this year, so I've gone up, and I've I've done okay, done pretty. I've done pretty well for what the cards were expected. It would have been even better had I stayed at the second job, um, and heck, it could even be even better if I stay at this job. But value, it's the word that I want you to think about this whole episode. You're gonna hear me say it a lot. It's it's everything to me. And one of the things that I was kind of humming to myself, it's this song called The Show. And I remember and I, I remember I first heard it um, watching the, the movie Moneyball uh, that had Brad Pitt in it. And I think the artist is, her name's Lenka. And it's a beautiful song. And like the, the daughter in the, the movie um, that Brad Pitt, he's playing the character of Billy Bean, the the Oakland A's uh, general manager, just to give you, I guess, context to what I'm talking about. He's a guy who wants to win. He wants to win. He wants to win. And he's on, he's managing a team in which he doesn't have the resources to necessarily win. (laughs) Like 
low payroll budget. I, I don't know if any of you watch baseball, but you know, I'm a Tampa Bay Rays fan and we play all into the low budget type of thing. And so he went into this system invented by Bill James, where it's called Sabermetrics, where they basically use analytics to find you baseball players that are going to give you great value. <laughs> and so instead of you overpaying, like you're paying, I think one of the comparisons was like Johnny Damon. They were going to pay Johnny Damon got paid like I think 10 million, 12 million by Boston. And basically what Jonah Hill's character in the movie um, tells him is, is that he is not worth what he's going to get paid. You know, he, he, he's better that he's gone because that 10 million they could use and buy five players who would give them a better on base percentage and value. And so none of that really, really matters into this, I guess, um, for your hearing pleasure, but that movie means a lot to me. I think Brad Pitt did a great job in the movie. I think to, to, know the story Billy Bean to understand what he went through um, trying to fight for a championship and trying to get there and just losing and people not knowing how much it meant to him and how you have this personal battle and the agonizing. I think it's the summation of how I felt this year. And I've had struggles at time really coming to um, coming to grips with it. Um, you know, I looked at this year and I thought about 2013 because in 2013 I lost a job. Well, yeah. And then I had to start over. And, um, but that time was different. You know, my son was one years old. I didn't have any money, didn't have any investments. I didn't, I wasn't financially, I wasn't fiscally responsible as I am today. And so, you know, for any of you who've ever been through a financial crisis, it's a very scary time. So the feeling of what I feel today compared to what I felt eight years ago, it's so, the word's surreal because I've had some of those same feelings, but they're not placed in the right spot. There is no fear because of money, <laughs> you know, um, it's only fear of uncertainty. And that was the main theme of that year. Like, I don't know what's coming at me and the energy that I displayed was, but I'm going to keep going, but I'm going to keep going, but I'm going to keep going. And that was the energy that I've had this year, but there've been many times, and this is me being completely, I'm just getting it out of my heart because I'm going to, for me to leave this month and to go forward and to do the things that I'm going to do, I have to say my piece and be done with this. I can't hold it anymore. I can't hold on to anybody else's shit. This is me. But I felt that uncertainty just would scare me. And I just, there's times where I've doubted myself this year. There's times where I've listened to friends tell me who I should be, family tell me who I should be. And they're not telling it to me in the, the traditional way where somebody's like, you're going to fail or you're going to be this. It's people like trying to help you, but in their way, they're not understanding that by them not saying you're good enough, you're strong enough, you will be okay. You have a really great head on your shoulders. I'm going to pray for you that you find what you want. Like that kind of lane by saying, oh, well, you know, that job doesn't necessarily fit your skill set or this is not this. And why'd you take this? Or why'd you do this? It only, it only enraged me more and it only made me doubt myself more. And <laughs> this is going to sound bad, but part of 
what happened to me by going into the hospital was me shedding all of these people who are around me who's speaking and basically saying to you, you can shut the fuck up. <laughs> I know that sounds bad, but I'm going to try to explain it. I have been successful in anything that I've touched because of my will, my will to continue to go, my will to win. I want to win just as bad as Billy Bean. I want to fucking win. And the hardest part about life is, is when you get close to it and you're almost there and you don't get it. It's so fucking frustrating. I don't know if you ever felt like you so close to touching it and it's yours and you can have it and you just get there and you put your hand on the mantle and then the mantle moves or you fall. I've been there so many times. So when I look at like, when I finally got the the achievement and I <laughs> deserved and more than bust my ass for when I worked for my previous company. Well, um, when I won a, a top performer award, it was everything to me. But it was so everything to me that that, that award will never sit in a home that I'm in. It's currently sitting at my mother's house. I don't want to look at it because it's two parts in it. I was so happy to win that award. I felt so much happiness and I was so accomplished. But then I was pissed the fuck off because my life has been spent always having to explain how good I am or what my value is to others without them seeing my value. I demand that you see my value. And so when I look at the job front, it took me back to 2013. And I forgot about this because pain, pain tends to make you bury things. And I was thinking about this as I turned to my resignation notice for this company. And I was like, man, I just, I feel like a failure. And then I had to stop because a failure to me is someone who falls, but is not willing to get up. They give up. Failure is of self. I have to choose to fail just because I get a bad mark, just because something doesn't work. That does not make me a failure. That just means I might've lost. You can lose today. You can win tomorrow. I could lose this week and win for the rest of my life. I'm a fucking winner. And I know that. But when you talk about uncertainty, when you talk about doubt, these things together create a complete, a beautiful chef's kiss of a concoction that really works on the soul. It makes you think like, man, what, what am I doing? Like, you know, my picking wrong is my judgment off. Do I want it more? And that, that was, that's, that was part of the problem. One of the conversations I had with my mom yesterday was, you know, she had her fall. She was coming out of rehab. I wanted to get back to work. I didn't want to just be home because I was, there was a lot of stuff that went on emotionally with my mom's fall and me having to make sure she was okay. And me being afraid and, COVID and want her not to be in a facility. So I just wanted to work to get my mind off of it instead of really attacking my personal goals, you know? And then, so I go back to work, the situation doesn't work. I leave. And then March, I make the decision, you know, I'm gonna buy this camera. I'm going to really, and I get up, I'm going to the beach, I'm shooting photography. I'm learning, I'm learning a new skill. And I, that was one of the happiest months I had this year. The other one was June, because in June, I literally finally discovered 
that I was the key to my own happiness, that it wasn't an outlier from somewhere else. And I, you know, I talked about this before, but March and June were my most favorite months of this year because they were discovery months. I was actually pouring into myself. The other times I was pouring in everyone else. And so I think this, this year and just this pandemic, like the one thing I'll say about COVID is, is that COVID has done something for elder millennials like myself. Like it literally, if you haven't been taken to the point of burnout or you haven't been taken to the point of, as I call it, the great awakening, as I told my mom yesterday, then you're not, you're not an elder millennial. Like a lot of us, we were taught that we play this game. We do this the right way. We're not going to get laid off. We're not going to be done. And that kind of shit is bullshit. You're scrapping out here to survive in a world where it's musical chairs every damn day. And that is not, (laughs) they don't get to set my validation off of that. The hardest part for me and, and what has happened this year and why I made some of the decisions I made where I was rushing back to work instead of rushing into my soul. I should have been rushing into my soul, into my passions, into the things that make me want to live. Work does not make me want to live. It gives me a challenge to go out and compete, but it doesn't make me want to live. My son gives me hope to live and reasons to live. Um, the, the hobbies that I have, recording gives me hope to live. Being a good person gives me hope to live. Connecting. So where in the fucking galaxy did they say I had to, to go to work to pay these bills? <laughs> That's the question. But the truth is, I spend so much time living under the microscope of how the world pursues me. And when I laid in the hospital building come out, bed and came out, I learned the last piece of that puzzle that was set for me in this great awakening. I learned, um, and I knew, and I said this at the beginning of the year, I did say it, this will be a discovery year for me. I will learn so much. And then I was supposed to continue to be kind to myself. And I haven't been kind to myself sometimes this year. I haven't been kind to myself recently because I've just felt like an idiot. You know, you ever feel like that voice in the back of the head, your head is telling you that you're not good enough. And I have felt that so much this year. I have felt that in so many times that I have just been overwhelmed with that sea of emotion. And similar to what I've done, what I did in 2013, I would just put my head down and just keep pushing through it. And this was a discovery. I was meant to open my eyes to it. And the the event when I go into the hospital and I could have died was just a reset. It was a reset for me. It was a moment that I was supposed to have to remind me of where I'm supposed to be going. And it's so, it's so beautiful, even though it was scary. And I'm, I'm, you know, you have to apologize for me if I I sound a little off and I'm just, I'm letting you have it because it's not really about any of you. If you come here and you listen to me, then you hear my life and hopefully it brings, um, clarity to your life. Hopefully it helps you, but this is for me. This is for my son. This is, this is for my existence to say that Jemiah Richards isn't going to be born on this day and then die on this day. He leaves, he leaves pebbles. He live. he leaves himself, um, in the, in the universe. He leaves himself on the internet. So I'm like, I'm a nerd. I'm like Zola. I'm a program. You're never going to get rid of me. But to my point of 
that was the reset to remind me that I am supposed to be doing things that build value within me. I know my value. You must see my value. I want my damn value. And if you don't understand what I'm going for there, I don't care. It is not my position to try to make you understand the value that I have. I've presented you what I am. Now you have to see who I am. And if you can't, then, hey, we'll move on. We will find what I want to do. And it, and, and I got on a tangent there, but to take you back to where I was going before I got emotional. In 2013, I remember I had two jobs in that year. And there was a young lady that I helped in both of them. And she said to me after she saw me the second one, she's like, dang, you like, you can't figure out what you want to do. And if she would have said that to me in this year, she would have got me. She would have punched me in my chest. Because the truth is, is I feel like a teenager. I don't, I don't know exactly what I want to do as far, well, let me stop there. I'm going to say it this way. I feel like I don't know what I want to do. I know what I want to do. I want to figure out how to monetize my art. Well, I know how to monetize it, but I want to monetize it in a way that allows this to be a vehicle for me. It doesn't have to be the main vehicle, but it can be a vehicle for me. I want to spread my message further. I want people to know they're not alone because I'm in a vacuum and I want to be, I want to be in a bigger space. I have the strength now to be able to take that. A few years ago, I probably, everything that I wanted, I wouldn't have the strength to stand up in front of people and, and take the criticism and take all these things. I can do it now. I like to create. And when I'm focused and I'm there and I'm allowed to not be bogged down by the waves of life, I create. I like to do that. That's what I want to do. I'm an adult, so I understand that I have to play the game and, you know, pay for all of this, pay for this nice equipment that I'm using. So I get it. But I literally turned to this lady because I'm tangenting again. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I looked right at her when she said that to me, when she said, you don't know what you want to do. And I said, I know exactly what I want to do. I expect value. I expect the company company to see my value, to treat me and give me and my value back and to work at a place that I can match their value. Our values align. Everything they believe in, I believe in. Everything that I'm doing, they're doing. We're matching each other's energy and we're creating great things and we're all winning. That's what I want. I don't want to work somewhere where my value is, is on a higher level than the company's value. Because guess what? Now I'm doing more and they're doing less. Now I'm questioning who they are and, and they're questioning why I'm doing that. So I expect, and I said, no, I said it wrong. I demand my value and I will continue to do different things. And I will continue to try musical chairs until I find a place that our values align. Next place I went, I worked there for six years before I got laid off. It's not hard. I'm a pretty, you know, I have stints of nine. I have stints of six. I can do it. 
That's not a question, but I have to find a place that we align. And if we do not align, I refuse to sit here and take the punishment. I refuse to take the bullshit. The shortcomings of leadership are people who don't know what they're doing. We have a problem in the world. That's why there's a great resignation. But I ref- I'm not a part of that. I'm a part of the great awakening. And the great awakening is this. For 18 years, I worked in, in a field in, cor- in the workforce. And I've taken the dredges of what America has given me. Okay. Even when I've been told to sacrifice time with family, I did that. Sacrifice this you, you, and you'll get the next promotion. I've done that. No, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. That's not acceptable for me. You will give me my value. You're not talking to a 21 year old. You're talking to someone who's got 18 years in this 18 years. Won awards, built teams, managed people, help people get promoted. I have a skill set and I matter. And if you can't see that value, someone else will. And I have to understand it myself until I have, until I'm there, then I have to continue to work on the things for myself outside of it because I am a workaholic. I am someone who finds, I do find passion in the work that I do and I want to be the best and I want to learn everything about it. But when I look to the left of me on this wall of this board that I filled out the other day, I want to learn how I want to learn how NFTs work. Because if I can learn how NFTs work, then I can monetize my art in that way. I want to control my art completely and be able to pass it to my son. There are works that I have may not be the greatest works. This might not even be great to you. Doesn't matter. It has value to someone. It has value to me. And that's the point of what I'm doing. I was asleep for a long time because I was surviving, head down, tilted down like they tell you to do in America. Put your head down and push through it. Bullshit. You're going to get it because I've been saying your name for a lot. Henry Ford mentality, industrial complex mentality, school mentality. Let's get you prepared to be a factory worker mentality. We're in a different world. Automation is taking over. But guess what automation cannot do? It cannot make you feel like you feel my voice coming through this mic. It cannot make you understand empathy like I could if I'm talking to you. There will always be a place in this world for human-to-human interaction. That's a skill set I've mastered. <laughs> Rather, it's persuasion, negotiation, emotional intelligence, empathy. I've been in school for that for 18 years, and I'll continue to be in school for it until I die. Because they're very important things to know if you're dealing with humans. I demand my value. And I was I was lost. I was lost in a way to where I wanted to make everyone proud. And trying to make everyone proud got me lost in my own insecurities. It allowed that little voice in my head to become the big voice. You're not good enough. You're not moving. You're not pivoting to this. I expected you by this time this year to be here and you're not there instead of looking at the year and going, okay, in 2013, you lose a job and I'll just give you the chronological in 2013, lose a job, March, you don't go back to work till May. You work from May all the way into December. So you work seven months. Okay. Yes, there's inflation, but I didn't make as much money back then as I, as I've been able to do not skill set, progression, all that 2021, you start the year off without a job. You go back to work, March, 
<laughs> for three days, then you're gone. But that doesn't that job doesn't really count because I never took a check. So I've only really truly had two jobs this year. Go back to go back to work in April. Truly, technically, you're done by June. You go back to work in July. You're done November first. Okay, you've worked six months in a year, and you've already made nine. I think from the totals, I was counting nine thousand dollars more. It's a better year. I was I was struggling and wrestling with my own demons because a lot of those demons come from the expectations of the world, the expectations of what everybody wants Jemiah to be. And the thing is, is that um, I would, I would used to say this, and this is one of the last times I'm going to say it, I'm going to leave it here. And I don't ever want to say it again because all that astrological shit, whatever. But I believe that I was like the true definition of a Gemini because I believed myself in two parts. I've talked about it before, the badge and then the man. You have the badge who everyone sees is professional, looks a certain way, he's clean cut, he keeps his hair short, he doesn't grow it out, he doesn't twist it up. <laughs> and I've been rebelling against that for some time. And I'm finally, I finally arrived. And then you have the man, what I called him privately, and I'm just going to put it here, I used to call him the beast. He has an even better name that I've given him because the beast was like a jam wizzy wow. He was the coronation of everything that was not what people wanted or bad. So if someone was like, oh, you grew your hair long? Oh, that's ugly. Oh, you got an afro? Oh, that's ugly. Oh, you're opinionated. You're too blunt. You're too honest. Um, I don't like that. You know, you you say things a certain way. It just psh, psh, psh. And I didn't realize like that person was me and I was packing away a piece of myself and I packed them away for 35 years. <laughs> a lot of times I would not say things because I just kept them locked away. And then when the hospital situation happened, I was like, I could, I could die. I could die without the word really knowing who I am. And that would be the saddest thing to me. That at the end of the day, there are a lot of stupid fucking people who get to talk. And they should shut the fuck up, honestly. That's from me to you. Whoever you are, wherever you are, you should know that I'm saying that to you through this mic. That life and, and the ability to live it isn't just about what you feel. Isn't just about what you're doing. We are community. And if we can't get our heads out of our asses, and start to connect on more of a mental and emotional, even a spiritual level, and, and, and take all the bullshit politics out of it in the class and the money, we as a species will be done. <laughs> we will be. Because it's real simple. I think about it every day. I've been thinking about it a lot lately. I'm like, I've lost hope in people. I just have because people devalue each other every day instead of looking for the values. This person here is sweet. This person's kind. They're caring. They're empathetic. They go the extra mile. This person's very intelligent. This person's knowledgeable. You can go to them. We don't look at that. Oh, this person didn't say hi to me this one morning. So now they're devalued because you don't know that maybe they had a really bad morning. They've got somebody that they care about that's got COVID or something. We are just so 
immersed in our own selves that we can't look at other people and go, wow, they're really going through a human experience right now. And I can't see it because I'm an idiot. Value people. It matters. I really thought this was going to be a 30 minute episode, but it's not because <laughs> I got more shit to say. So we're going to, you know, scratch it and, and move you over to, to more of those feelings, I guess. Yes, yes. So as I was saying, value and, and the human experience, we just have to be, we have to be better. And, and so society puts these pressures on you and you live within that society. Part of the pressures I've dealt with is being black and that at times I felt like I wasn't good enough, that there's, there's, I don't go to places, I don't do certain things because I don't want to deal with the effects of white people being racist to me for being there and being in those places. Consider that I might actually like those places more than they do and might be actually more educated in those spaces than they are. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm fully vaccinated now. I'm ready to go to England and take in a, uh, a match, one of my favorite teams. I'm very worried about the racism because the thing about the world is everyone wants to like to say that's an American problem. No, it's not. <laughs> People are stupid. It's a world problem. It's a people problem. We're not perfect. Everyone has a problem, but it's not going to stop me from doing it. It's not going to stop me from going because I'm going to do it anyway. And at the same time, when you look at value, I cannot increase my value if I continue to put myself in the box. So part of me coming out of the hospital and letting Jam Wizzy Wow out <laughs> is I finally had to let go of that side of me, that very predator side of me. It was like a, it's like everything you think, the the alpha types, not, and not alpha. I shouldn't say alpha. I should say type A, like type A type of personality, completely to the point, assertive, can be an asshole. It That's, that's the makings of that guy. And now I'm trying to meld it into the guy the the other part of me too. I'm a very compassionate person. I'm empathetic. I care about people, but I don't have a tolerance for people continuing to do the same things. I don't. I don't have a tolerance for insanity, and I don't have a tolerance for people who are willing to be the victim. I'm sick of the victim shit. I've been a bad guy in people's stories for a long time in my life, and I'm done with it. So a lot of those people in my life are starting to get sorted out, starting to get pushed away because I just don't have time for it. I don't have time for the one-uppers. People want to make you feel like you're less than and they're always better than you. There is no competition. The only competition I have is myself. So stop looking at me because I'm not looking at you. I'm not paying paying attention to people half the time anyway. I'm trying to get myself in the lane that's going to make me happy, that's going to increase my value and make my value rise. I don't really give a damn about yours. And so the hardest part about letting him out was I remembered initially why I put him in there. It wasn't because he was bad, but what I started to do is associate all these bad things about myself with him. So it only made that monster inside of me increase. I put him in there because I got a slick tongue. And that's that's the jam. <laughs> Let me stop. That's the jam most people know. I got a slick tongue. I can go toe-to-toe with most people. But Jam Wizzy Wow. His tongue cuts and it cuts deep. And so I've had some incidents coming out of the hospital that I've kind of 
<laughs> for who I am, I look back at a moment that I've done something. And I'm like, ugh, I did not handle that right. Ugh, that was horrible. Ugh. I was a little too tough on them. And the truth is it's it's finding that balance of you're telling someone the truth. But sometimes when you, I know through emotional intelligence how much someone can handle. Okay? If a person can only handle holding 50 pounds of weight, but I give them 100 pounds of their weight, they, they're not going to listen. They're not going to take anything from it. So the way I've always operated is I tend to build up, start you with 20, make you feel good with that 20, start working up, keep working up. You're building your strength. And because you're building your strength, I can usually get a person to go over where they could handle. Now you look down and you're like, oh, shoot, I'm, I'm holding, you know, 70 pounds of weight. And I only felt like a whole 50. Now you have a new personal record. And that's, that's mentally, that's people are not willing to be self-aware. They're not willing to reflect. There's no introspection. So people don't have the time to understand who they really are. I, I know who I am. The problem is I've been trying to live in matters that work for society or work. Okay, parents, I don't want you to worry about me. So I'm going to do this. Friends, eh, do that. I'm done with all that. This road that I'm going on, it's going to be very lonely, but I'm excited. I'm not excited about the lonely part of it, truthfully. Um, and I hope, and, and the truth is, I hope I'm wrong. I hope, I hope it is not lonely. I hope that the people who love me understand what I'm trying to do. And they f- fight their way into my life or to stay into my life. Sounds odd, but there's times where I can put up those walls and it's very easy for people to turn away. Um, I'm going to put up those walls, but they're not because I'm trying to push people out. It's because I'm trying to tunnel my vision into where I want to go. I need to tunnel my vision to where I want to go. And then once I know where I want to go, then I can really start to let those walls down. I'm a lot different of the guy than I was 20 years ago where I just put the walls up in general. You don't get to know me. You don't get to this. Like, that's my value. My value, I have to hold on tightly to it because if you try to hold it, then you're going to devalue it with your own assumptions of who I am. That's how people work. It's exactly why I don't have a lot of friends. Because people can't truthfully see you for who that who you are. They see you in the version of what they think you are. <laughs> Baby, if you knew who I really was, you have no idea the capabilities and the capacities I have. And I had to remember that. That's the great awakening. So much discovery. And I'm excited to turn the corner. I'm excited to see what comes next. I'm excited for my passions and to push myself towards that. Um, I'm also afraid, you know, but that's that's the uncomfortable part. So I smile at at the ambiguity and the uncertainty because I've been through it before. I can handle it. I know who I am. I know what I want. I want my value. I want you to see my value. And I want you to help me help you. 
And we're going to raise value together. You know what I mean? I demand it. And I'm not going to let anyone tell me where my value stops or where it lies if I know that there's something more for me. It's just that simple. And some people get it. Some people don't. I don't. I'm not one of those guys who really cares. To be honest. just not who I am. It's not what I'm going to be. It's not what I'm trying to move towards in general. So it's just, that's the life. <laughs> but throughout, throughout this year, there has been those times where I have felt like I'm, I'm on this island and I feel like the people who are closest to me don't quite understand where I'm going and they're looking at me and I can see them looking at me and they're like, they have general concern. They're like, what the f- is going on with this guy? Like, what is going on? And um, that's a beautiful thing. Don't believe in me now and mark my words. You will believe in me later. There is something in me. It has been in me since I was a kid that says you tell me I ain't shit and I'm going to show you that I'm the shit. And that is the message. Now, I don't have that same flame that I once had because I was always trying to prove that to people. But I have the willpower to get things done. And so my vision has remained the same. I'm trying to find a place that matches my value, our values align. And when I find that place and it finds me, we will do great things so that I can stabilize, you know, that side of it so that I can really pour my energies completely into my passions. But right now, once I'm done, we'll we'll do a little bit of work. We'll do a lot of bit of passions and then we'll find what that lane is. But I say to you on this day, on the 22nd of October in the year 2021, Jemaah Daniel, that um, I know it's been tough. I know you've been battling, you've been kicking ass, you've been getting your ass kicked, but it's not for nothing. There, There is always the light that comes right in the middle of darkness. You just got to keep pushing. And I know that it sounds like a theme of, man, just keep going, just keep going, just keep going. It's, it's true. Just got to keep going because I'm telling you, there is something better. This is for everything that I've worked hard for, for everything that I've pushed, there has got to be something better. And I, and I tasted that once. I know it's there. I can't give up. But I got to do it the way I know to do it. And that's going to be off-putting for a lot of people because believing in yourself requires you to believe in self. And sometimes people are not going to believe in the vision. And I think I worried about that. I felt it because I was like, you you know me. You say you care about me. Why the fuck don't you believe in me? Why the fuck don't you actually understand that I'm going through a human experience, that everything on this board is bullshit? You may be happy with what, what you have, but I have never been in 18 years. I have never been happy on how the workforce is. I have given more 
at times and, and for companies and gotten the ass to kiss, I've gotten less. And it pisses me off because that is not how you assess value. And that's exactly right now why the great resignation is happening, because companies have lost their tune to what value is. When you are paying a CEO 600 percent or 600 times more than the average employee, we have a fucking problem. I don't care how many plane tours they take. I don't care how many meetings they talk about, how many structured plans they make. I do not care when you have employees who are in poverty, yet the CEO makes a thousand times more than them. You have a problem. That is not good business. That is greed. So me as a, an elder millennial statesman tells you to the workforce, F you, that's not right. There are people with skill sets. I even want to talk about the hiring processes, which are bullshit. You're you're using a computer system to weed out candidates instead of using your recruiters through that system. That's why what's funny now, like I'll see jobs and it'll tell you, like if you read the whole description, it'll say email your resume to this person. Because if you just apply through the company site, it could disqualify you. That's stupid. And since I'm here too, hey, companies that require you to send a resume, stop making me fill out all my fucking information. That's from me to you. We're not in Henry Ford era anymore. That's why schools aren't working. That's exactly why my son goes to school. I literally pay my babysitter. That's the school. And then my son comes home and I teach him history. Don't even get me started on critical right now. I'm now I'm really in, in a tangent. And this is I wasn't trying to do that. I was trying to stay focused and value. But these are Jam's thoughts. So <laughs> these are Jam's thoughts. Um we have to do better. And 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 so the workforce, when you look at the kids who are coming behind me, they already see it's bullshit. It took me 10 years into the workforce to go, nah, this ain't it. This ain't it. This is bullshit. We're having to pay in. And we never get paid out. If we get paid out, it's a very thin slice of the pie where everyone's ran off like a thief of the night. No, 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 man. That, that ain't it. That's not it. I didn't ask to be here. So why the fuck am I here? I'm here because two people put me here. Yeah, I get it. I've done that. I've done that exercise and made a, a child as well. But at the end of the day, like, I understand paying for services for goods that you take. But this whole system is bullshit. And I refuse to live within its space. Because guess what, baby? I'm the star trying to go into the round peg. And I will continue to push this star in that round hole. Because guess what, baby? I'm going to fit. Are you a star? Are you trying to fit into that (laughs) round peg? Keep going. If you ever feel odd, if you feel like you're different, you feel like you're down, keep going. Do not give up. This is my message to you. That I am going to continue, not just not for you, for me. Do it for yourself. Because there's something more for all of us. But I've learned that I spent my time trying to build, and, and I get, I'm not going to knock myself. You have to sacrifice. If you want to make a name for yourself, you want to do, you have to sacrifice. My resume is built because of the sacrifices. But now I'm at a point where I'm like, I don't have to sacrifice like that. I don't have to do what a 20-year-old does. You're not going to treat me like that. 
just because you guys are playing with the money up there and you screw up the whole economy. Now we all have to feel it. It's what I said when I got laid off. You have jobs like that and then you get laid off and then the market adjusts. The market doesn't adjust and say, okay, let's find you more jobs like that. It cre- it pushes down. It's the same shit that's going on that happened in 2008 with the housing crisis. Corporate companies reset the market all the time to affect the wages. But it's why I've lived on a different um, uh, budget. I've lived on a different scale of budget. I do not live like most Americans do because I know how this world works. Don't give a fuck about you. I've been at my lowest. That's 13. At 21 emotionally it's been more emotionally charged for me i won't say i'm at my lowest i'm I'm definitely not but it's had a more of an emotional feeling because i've had to look at myself and say do you think that's a record of pride do you believe all the accomplishments at work mean anything they don't i mean shit to me my son means everything to me my my mental health my ability to function my happiness hell i've been fighting to figure out how to be happy for so long Walking around depressed, sad, just pushing through the motions, going through the motions. I don't care to go through the motions no more. (laughs) And I say it just like that. No more. Not anymore. No more. I care to take everything that I need, I want, and I desire. Because somebody once told me that, and it's the most beautiful shit I ever heard. It's not my job to worry how you see it. And that goes to my friends goes to my loved ones. I don't care if you believe in me. I believe in me. And that's all I need. So get on the train with me. Just like I get on the train for you. Because if you don't get on this train with me and I leave you, don't come looking to get on this train the next time. Because I'm telling you, the difference in when I I went through uh, that struggle, that struggle I failed. I didn't fall this time. I'm walking through doors. These doors ain't working for me. These places don't look nice to me. They don't feel right to me. I don't want to be here. So I'm going to keep looking through doors until I find the door I want to be in. But if you lose hope in me, (laughs) you should never. You should always believe because I'm telling you the difference this time from the last one is I didn't have that Jam Wizzy Wild I let out. He was buried deep. He was shackled. He was gone. Now I'm completely in tune with who I am to the fullest. And I will remember that. (laughs) And I will hold it over you. You may not understand how I'm going to do it. You don't need to understand. Just know I'm going to do it. Because I'm telling you. (laughs) You ain't going to be able to laugh at me and giggle at me and and take up my time. Because, you know, the other thing, the other thing I learned in this year, discovery, happiness, um, true self, you know, um, you know, to appreciate, to love yourself, to to silence that voice of doubt. The other one is the resource of time. Everybody tells you time, time, time. But when you think you're going to die, when you think it's real, now your mortality comes into play and you're like, yo, this, this shit is real. I feel it. It's real to me. Let me not play around. This is not a game. No, it's not. And that mortality, it, it made me realize like, yo, I'm giving up time to people that I don't need to give time to. I'm leaking time to people. Why the fuck am I leaking this time? This is my time. Let me do what I want with my time. And that's what I'm going to (laughs) do. I said a lot. I had to get that off my chest. I really just had to let that go. 
because I was just in this place where I was just sad. I just been sad this last week because I'm like, man, I'm leaving. And, and, and am, I, am I doing this right? Am I doing It's like, fuck if I'm doing it right. It's time to get messy. Let's get messy. Let's see what the next adventure about. That's what the fun in life's about. It's taking risks. It's trying different things. I started this year off. I said to myself, I didn't want to go back into that retail scene. You know what happened? I went into it last and I'm leaving it because I knew that's not what I wanted to do. I tried different things. I had fun. I did different things. And that's exactly what we're going to do in 2022. <laughs> we're going to continue to try different things. We're going to continue to push ourselves to be more and to be better. I think that was a good vent for me. There's so much more coming for me. Do not give up. Believe in me. Because I'm worth it. I always have been. Because my heart and my will push me to be the best me possible. Even when the world breaks my heart. I continue to show love. For some reason. <laughs> she knows it. I would like to take the time to thank you for joining this jam talk for today. That's it. That's the end. There's no, nothing else to say. Go back to your, your regularly scheduled program. Chew knows it. <laughs>